Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Hope you guys are staying safe in this weird time that is going on. It's hitting the world and stuff like that. So hope you guys are staying safe. So with the kind of stuff that's going on, it's it's interesting that there's a lot of people that are a little bit idle. Um, there's a lot of people who are kind of on social media. There's people outside when they should be inside. But what, what one big benefit that I've noticed is that a lot more people are accessible given the fact that they may not be doing the face-to-face PT and staying away from people. So one big benefit I've seen is that I'm able to message more people to try and get them onto the podcast. Um, so one person that I've been following for quite a while since uh, following Marty Guilfoyle, who has also been on the podcast before, is Hayley Madigan. So Hayley is a one-to-one online coach at Together Fitness. Haley helps women achieve goals by dieting and training to suit their menstrual cycle. Haley specializes in female hormone, uh, hormones, uh, sustainable fat loss, muscle growth, mindset, and body confidence. So Haley has a website which is th- www.togetherfitness.co.uk and Haley's details on Instagram. If you're not following her, I would. She has amazing home workouts with the sofa and every other utensil in the in the house. Uh, her Instagram name is at Haley Madigan Fitness. So Haley, thank you so much for coming on today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's broken up my day at home. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how are we with cabin fever? Cabin fever, okay. I feel like I've kind of bypassed this. I think this happened like 10 days ago. Obviously, we're online coaches. We kind of work from home anyway. But I used to work from Costa, let's say. I'd go into a coffee shop, go for a little walk, do my daily work in probably three or four coffee shops. Um, and now it is just me at home pretty much working solidly as much as I can. Um, But I feel like it's a very normal routine that I've got into it, and I've kind of established a routine. And cabin fever hasn't really happened yet, unless I've gone through it and not realized. I'm kind of staying positive. Um, I am on my own in terms of, like, if I do go out, I will purely go out on my own. Um, And this this is just literally 5,000 step walk, (laughs) pretty much is all I'm doing every day. but I was, it's funny because obviously I study female hormones a lot. I talk about the menstrual cycle a lot. And I am in a good place right now in my cycle, which means I have happy estrogen. I have happy hormones going on. I've got cognitive function. Um, and I'm good. Like I'm satiety, like my, my hunger levels are, uh, are stable. My satiety is brilliant. But in a week or two, when I get into luteal phase and I get into the progesterone and my lack of estrogen, I might have a different story for you. I might go a little bit psycho and have cabin fever. So check in with me in like a week or two. Jesus, the cravings and stuff like that. And the, the bo- that's, that's going to be one of the things we'll be talking about later on. Um, yeah. For anyone that hasn't isn't aware of your story, how did you get into the world of fitness and then how did you decide to kind of hone in on female hormones uh, in particular cool um so i was really fit as a child like i i played every single sport under the sun i probably was the most tomboyish girl you could find i did everything i loved playing i played professional football from like the age of 14 like grew up into so I think I left at like 19 years old but um yeah studied um sports and exercise science at uni um wanted to be a PE teacher so everything was derived through fitness um and then my kind of I got into bodybuilding because my dad always trained at home in his home gym um and I always watched him kind of do 
the lat pull down, the shoulder press. He always, I loved, um, he never trained legs, ever. The bro split. <laughs> it was like literally bro body split, let's do a tricep day. I was like, you're doing 60 minutes on triceps. <laughs> um, but I was kind of, I loved the definition of females in, in their upper body and, um, and I liked that look and I aspired because I was naturally very skinny. I was tiny and I was always called like a twig at school because, you know, all, all children love to bully everyone, um, no matter your size, big or small. Um, and I kind of thought like, Dad, I want to grow some muscle. Can you help me? Because I was always watching what he was doing. He was like, yeah, that's fine. And at, at the age of 14, I started doing some shoulder press, doing some lat raises, just gentle um, upper body movements. And then obviously when I was in uni, I was kind of, Burgeoning on to like try different gyms um, and then became a PT shortly after university, having never stepped foot in a gym really and kind of opened to this world of okay, people train legs, <laughs> let's do it, like let's train everything. So, doing my PT uh, qualification during that time, and I realized that I loved fitness, I loved bodybuilding, I loved everything that the gym had, the environment, the people, the socializing, and it was just where I wanted to be pretty much 24-7, so I was working like 16-hour days, you know, the, the long old fitness birth type of days, and you pay extortionate rent and have to earn every single buck, but I loved it, um, and then I got approached by another coach in the gym, and she was like, you'd be really good for bodybuilding, and I was like, no, 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 they all take drugs, no, I don't want to do that, I don't want to get massive, <laughs> And she's like, no, it's a natural bodybuilding federation that I compete in. I was like, oh, okay. The year went on. She asked me again. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do it um, just because of what I've seen and the, you know, the media portraying it. And then about six months down the line, I had a really bad breakup. And I thought, right, I need to focus on something. She said, focus on this. Let's get you in a bodybuilding competition. I was like, Okay, fine. She sat me down and she showed the fact that it's drug tested, um, polygraphed and everything. And I was like, okay, if I've got the ability to focus and use my now energy that I've just kind of got from this breakup, I pushed it all into this bodybuilding focus and started competing. That drew me to three years of eight shows, um, pretty much 24-7 prep lifestyle. I, I never wanted to gain weight, so I never let myself go off-season. I probably didn't really grow that much muscle in three years because I was continuously dieting, continuously on the stepper and the stairmaster every morning. Um, and this was then transitioning into me becoming a secondary school teacher. So I was being a secondary school teacher to children, PE teacher, um, health and social care, GCSE teaching, um, whilst I was competing. So I wasn't the most, let's say, I had a bit of a short temper as a teacher. <laughs> um, because I would do my cardio in the morning, then arrive at school at 7 a.m., teach a whole day, do after school club, and then go back to the gym in the evening. Um, and I don't know, I, I was 23, 24, I think. So luckily I was still quite young, because I can't do it now at 30. I'd be like, not going to happen, no chance. Um, and so I did that for three years, and... The last kind of six months of it was hard. My body was just saying, like, we can't take much more. Um, you need to stop. During this whole time, I didn't have one period. So three years of no cycle. And in that time, I was like, this is brilliant. I've saved at least 40 pounds on tampons. Like, this is 
really good going. Um, and I didn't realize how much stress it was putting on my body. I didn't really care because the whole focus when you're bodybuilding is that stage, that winning trophy. Um, and that was my focus. And it was okay to have that goal. But because that goal then took me to the point where I was extremely unhealthy, I then realized very long long drawn out realization that okay time to have a little think about what we're doing in terms of our health I was so moody I was so hungry I wasn't a joy to be around that a new boyfriend had then split up with me during that time because I totally understand I was a moody bitch like it's okay <laughs> and then I then gave the realization of the of the fact that, okay, I'm not me, I lost my personality, I lost my bubbliness, I lost cognitive development, I couldn't even walk down the street because of brain fog without kind of differing to the side because I was dizzy all the time. Um, and it then thought like, okay, this is not healthy. Let's sort out my hormones, let's do a bit of research, let's think about what I can do to regain my cycle. So. Um, through personal research, through following different um, doctors, medical advice, and then there wasn't that much out there, kind of, let's say, on you know the typical Google search for amenorrhea or functional hypothalamic amenorrhea um, recovery. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. How are women men know what to do? So I went to my doctors, and I said, well, I haven't had a period for three years, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll just come back. And I'm like, oh, great, thanks, really helpful. I don't go to my doctors, but I pay my national insurance, like, come on, give me something. Um, and they were like, well, you can go on the pill. And I was like... <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> that, that's covering up everything that like, I'm talking about. Why would you want to cover up my natural hormones with synthetic ones? Like, That's the worst thing a doctor could advise you. And I feel like I just was in a limbo of thinking I've got to do my own research and I've got to find my own way in helping myself so I was luckily shown a very interesting book the woman's um kind of guide to uh diet and training I don't know if you've read it um Lyle McDonald's book yeah, yeah, how you? yeah, yeah. so I mean it's like it's an in-depth book isn't it right There's it's like, an intense book it's not it's not one of those you could just sit down on a Sunday afternoon you need to like concentrate yeah probably about six months to read it and actually kind of learn from everything I needed to learn from and it was such a fantastic book 500 million pages of such brilliant knowledge scientific um references that I looked up and just kind of thought right okay I'm gonna have to self-research all of this um and I took upon myself that right let's follow the recommendations um let's increase my food obviously which actually was more which was harder in itself than anything, going from six to 800 calories a day to even 1,400, which would be my resting metabolic rate, was hard just mentally. Um, so following the food aspect was really difficult because everything became mindset-focused, it became psychological, and I had a lot of, um, let's say, ups and downs, um, binging, restricting, binging, restricting, um, tried to reduce my cardio, and this this took, say, about 12 months of, of really hard going in terms of, I didn't have anyone to support me, so I just thought I've got to do it this myself, and I've got to learn from my mistakes, and luckily, 
luckily my body was like oh yay there's a little bit of extra body fat we can have a cycle um and ever since then the first cycle i've had um i think 21 cycles since then Um, and yeah perfect 28 days cycle um i know exactly what day i am in because of how I feel, um, how I talk, like everything. I am very in touch with my hormones now. Um, I know some women don't really know where they are in their cycle, and that might be perhaps because their hormones don't affect them as much. Um, And then you've got other women that I talk to on a daily basis who can pinpoint exactly when they're ovulating and exactly to the point when they're going to be during a period. I had um, a lady actually message me about a year ago. She said... I lose 14 pounds in my follicular cycle, uh, follicular phase, and I put 14 pounds back on in my luteal phase. Help me! I can't control. Wow. Yeah, that's how crazy her obviously her progesterone levels and how much that affected her in her luteal phase with satiety levels and stuff and hunger, hunger cravings. And I just felt so bad for her because I was like, it, it. It can be so difficult for some women, and we don't talk about the fact that this does happen. And she was like, what can I do? And I was like, well, there's these recommendations. You can take um, certain supplements, obviously, to help. But it was really quite disheartening because I felt so bad that some women don't get affected at all by this, um, and others get extremely affected. Um, And ideally, like a higher-fat diet, slightly lower-carb diet during your luteal phase will help you know, the unstable blood sugars and things. Um, Chase Berry Vitex can help um, as a supplement. But it was just fascinating to see the effects of our cycle on women um, that weren't really talked about. And it wasn't until I started talking about it on Instagram I got such a wide response back. They were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I didn't know this. Or that's why I feel like this. And I was like, it should be learned, really. We should be taught this in school. I know we have, you know, sex education and all your periods can arrive. But I remember going into my class, here is some red vena, and they pulled the red vena on a sanitary towel. This is how much blood you're going to have. And that was pretty much it, <laughs> what we were taught about our cycle. And yeah, every single female in basically the population is going to have to go through this. Um, and it's going to be you know, it's going to affect them in so many different ways. And every single woman is affected in so many different ways. Um, And I think like yourself, being able to talk about this with your clients and talk about this with um, listeners and stuff, it's so important. And for them to know that they're not alone and that people understand what they're going through is so helpful. Um, But yeah, I guess that's (laughs) that's my long-winded journey. And how did you kind of get over the the weight gain? Because from 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 working with girls who have lost the cycles and, and working on getting them back, that is one of the main barriers they have. Also, trying to reduce the cardio, which you've spoken about, the stairmaster queens, kind of staying on them for like an hour, and like if if I had hair, I would have it pulled out by now. But it's 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 one of these kind of psychological mindset things that a lot of us struggle with but I think in particular girls struggle with putting on weight more than males yeah 100% what was how did you kind of cope with kind of putting on the weight so I realised that when I was very lean when my leanness I was I guess 51 kilos Um, I'm 60 kilos now Um, so I was 51 kilos and if 
I was a bit bloated, I'd be like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. Where are my abs? You know, when you look at your abs every night, you go before you go to bed, are they still there in the morning? Ab check, are they still there? You're like, this is ridiculous, but that became my life. Um, and I went on holiday and I came back a couple of kilos heavier, as you do, because on holiday, I was still trying to enjoy myself, but I was to the point still restricting and still trying to do as much cardio as I could whilst eating ice cream. Um, and this was after my last show, came back and I took a picture in a very similar position as one that I took prior to going on holiday. I was up about two or three kilos and I remember putting the picture side by side and I realized that I looked better with a bit of weight on. And I then was like, okay, put it on Instagram, just, you know, needed the likes to make sure people were like, yes, you do look better, Hayley, <laughs> just my mental state. Saw all the comments. You look better. And I was like, okay, why was I so why was I so fixated on being that stage lean all the time? Taught like luckily I've got a really good relationship with my mum and dad. Um and my dad is he he was like, Hey, you don't look good like that. You look better with weight on. Females look better with a bit of weight on. Talking to male friends, I was like, Do you fancy a girl who's really skinny or really lean? And they were like, Hayley, like we love your personality, we love your your bubbliness, like you've People are attracted to personalities. However, if you're really lean to the point where it's unhealthy, of course that not that's not attractive. Um, and I was like, almost looking for this help of, please tell me it's okay to put weight on. I was looking for this recommendation of them saying, yeah, you look better with weight on. And eventually it got it out of them. I was like, just tell me I look better with weight on because I was so fixated on aesthetics and I was so fixated what people thought of what I looked like. And then because I was a PT and an online coach at the same time, it was almost like, I'm going to have to post videos and pictures of me. If I don't have abs, then people aren't going to want to train with me, which is, you know, pathetic. But a lot of the time, a lot of PTs think that. Um, and I slowly got into the position where, okay, I was trying to enjoy my lifestyle. I was single. I needed to obviously regain my cycle at the same time. And I... It's weird thinking about it because I look back and I think, oh, it went like that and, and it happened. But over those 12 months, it was extreme, extremely like psychologically, I was up and down all over the place. Um, I, I'd have good days, I'd have bad days, but I always knew to talk about the bad days. And I always knew to be open to talk on Instagram about my bad days, to talk with other people about my bad days and how I felt. And I felt like it was important to open up and share the fact that, I don't feel okay with a little bit of extra weight on and then realistically to go through the fact that this is not the end of the world Hayley like you put a couple of kilos on <laughs> your leggings don't fit buy some new ones okay don't, you don't feel comfortable in those leggings get something that you feel comfortable in I wore baggy tops because I wasn't as comfortable in my you know tight tops and that's okay because that helped me to understand the fact that this was all aesthetic base this was all a ridiculous thing that I was focusing on in comparison to the world and to what you know what people suffer with every day I was healthy realistically I was able to train I pushed my body so hard that it lost its cycle but it was still there it was still living it was still able to lift heavy ass weights it was still able to do as much cardio as I pushed it to and I thought do you know what my body deserves more than this my mindset deserves more than this and I gradually thought okay 
food is fuel at the end of the day, but it's also for me, it, it, it's it's happiness, it's enjoyment, and that's okay. But it's also health. Like I need to give my body some health. So I went through a stage of just kind of not tracking. As soon as I let myself not track, I then was like, okay, I don't know what I've eaten today. I'm just going to wait until I feel full. Let's kind of be a bit more mindful about our food choices. Um, let's not weigh my oats to the 35 grams that I was having. Um, and gradually over the time, and, and I was still working at school um, while still balancing online coaching, um, people around me would be like, hey, you look, you look so much better. Oh, you're just saying that. No, you look so much better. And, and it was taking those words in and going, kind of saying, okay, I do look better. Like, just focus. I am happy with putting a bit of weight on. But, I mean, it took a very long time. Um, and I'm not going to say, like, oh, you just have to eat more. <laughs> because it isn't as easy as that. And I have clients that, uh, that I coach to get their cycles back. And like you say, weight gain is a fear. And, and I'm saying to them, but do you understand that health is more important right now? Your health is 100% more important right now. And to be able to get healthy, to be able to be in your pinnacle of health and you know your longevity of life to support that, weight gain is going to happen. But doesn't mean it doesn't take away anything from you as a person. It's going to make you better. Um, and as soon as also kind of you, you come out of that cardio phase, you come out of doing the grinding of 90 minutes on the Stairmaster, flicking through how many YouTube videos I can watch of Steve Cook. <laughs> and I was like, why am I doing this? My joints in the future are going to hate me for this. My bones, my ligaments are like, I just thought, okay, I'll do 45 minutes. And I look back and I think, 45 minutes on the Stairmaster or the Stepper, jeez, I can last five minutes now without getting bored. And I just don't even go anywhere near it. But it was just the fact that I thought, okay, what are you actually doing to your body right now? I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted you've mentioned the whole health factor. And I think a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that you, like social media is amazing and social media is incredible, but it has a negative to it as well. I had Renee McGregor on and she was saying that social media isn't doing enough in order to promote a healthy outlook, a healthy body. There are the, there are the, the body I have friends that are bodybuilders that compete I it's not for me it's just not for me I just don't want to do it Um, I've done a fitness photo shoot and I felt miserable coming out of it I didn't rebound very well after it and it's, it's probably messed up my motive or messed up my kind of look outlook on, on kind of food if you know what I mean yeah your relationship with food yeah totally get I, that. I think I was on like 100 grams of carbohydrates for two weeks before it and still trying to work 5 a.m. in the morning till 9 p.m. at night. So my clients, for anyone that are listening, I still, I still apologize for you profusely. I don't know how you guys put up with me, but it's incredible that you've mentioned the health word um, yeah. and get off the Stairmaster. Um, you mentioned about kind of, these aren't these questions aren't even on the list that I sent over to you. We've got yeah. down a list, a rabbit hole here um, in relation to kind of tracking the cycle. Are there any apps that you kind of recommend to use? Yeah, so the Flow app. Yeah. Flow app's 
brilliant. Um, I've worked with them actually the last couple of um, six months. Um, they're a great company. Um, what they have on there is an amazing blog that have doctors talking about anything that you need to know about your cycle, or even like males that, that coach people. Like the blogs are actually fantastic. I'm not saying download it, but still, it's brilliant to give you an insight of what your phases are like, um, how you're feeling, why you might be feeling like this, but also you can track your symptoms. So even if you're not actually cycling right now, like you don't have a cycle, uh, but your aim is to get it back, it's actually a really good way to track your symptoms of what you're having. So maybe you have intense hunger as you woke up this morning. That's a symptom, like pop that down, write that, write that in. How about mood swings? Like, how are you feeling right now? Do you have energy levels? Like, your energy levels, are, are you are you raring to go? Um, do you rely on caffeine supplements and things like this? So um, the Flow app is really good to kind of track your progress, track your cycle, and then it kind of gives you um, pe- periods of where it believes that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be affected by your estrogen, you'll be affected by your progesterone, etc. You may be ovulating then, and what to experience, what might be happening, what um, what supplements are good, etc. But yeah, that's a really good app. Um, I now have got so used to my cycle and so used to the days that I kind of can pinpoint things, so I don't actually use the app anymore. Um, but I know that it will really benefit a lot of women if they struggle, especially with with um, weight loss around the luteal phase um and especially that time that they need to think okay maybe it's not worth being in a deficit right now maybe the best thing to do is maintenance calories and that scares a lot of women but there's so many studies out there to be on maintenance calories um to just allow yourself not to go over into a surplus that that's going to help you stick to your deficit for the first two weeks And yeah, it might mean that your goal of weight loss might take a longer period of time, but it's going to happen and it's going to be more sustainable and eventually you'll get there. Whereas you get this yo-yo of, I'm really good in my follicular phase because my satiety is amazing, I've had 500 calories all day, I'm going to bank the rest. And then as soon as ovulation happens, you get this luteal phase and you go, oh my dear lord, I need all the food I can get, I'm going to run to Tesco's and eat a thousand calories in this, a thousand calories in that, and they screwed it up, and then their period comes, then they're hungry again, and then you get this whole cycle of, I lost two pounds, I've put on four pounds, and it's the it's basically a horrible cycle that women can get into. Um, I've gone off another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, we knew it was going to happen, so it's... I... <laughs> Um, but as soon as I think there was a, I don't know if you've seen the study, menstrualine is yeah. a Danish study, yeah. So they, they uh, I think, it was it 200 more calories in the luteal phase? Yeah, 200 more calories. And they, I think the, the studies show that they lost more, more fat because they were able to stick to the diet. Their adherence was better, um, which is all we're after. We're not after this miracle, oh, if you eat higher fats and lower carbs in the luteal phase, you're miraculously going to get, like, no you're not we're just saying it's going to help satiety it's going to help your blood sugars during that phase and you're not going to feel as hungry hopefully because your blood sugars aren't going to be as stable um so it's to the point where people need to realize that it's adherence and consistency more than anything still for a diet but with women it is hard because we have got these overwhelmingly high cravings during certain times and to understand that it's okay to not give in but it's okay to eat a few more calories those days 
that can help someone from over binging to the point where they just stay on track for a week and yeah you might not make progress but your progress actually technically is being maintenance so that's perfect but a lot of clients don't want to just be maintaining a lot of them get worried if I've not lost any weight this week but that's not a bad thing like you've stayed on track during the most the hungriest time you're going to be and you've maintained your weight perfect that's a positive and then teaching people that that's a positive and then they can understand that okay I did good I did well thank you and then they can understand that they've got there it, we need to kind of talk to women more about this the fact that stop putting so much pressure on yourself to lose a pound a week or two pounds or stupid goals like I really want to lose seven pounds in two weeks I'm like why yeah <laughs> why do you want to be that figure because it's a nice round number who gives a crap like it's a number stop stepping on the scales every single damn day or five times a day five times a day let's just think about how we look how we feel how we feel in our clothes if we've lost one pound we might feel amazing but you go on your and, and then you step on the scale oh i've only lost a pound i feel awful why <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're no le- you're no less of a person like and i use the analogy of you don't go into a shop to buy a size 70 kilos <laughs> yeah like you're no, you're no less of a person if you haven't, if you've stayed the same way, let, gained one or two pounds, or lost one or two pounds. You're no less of a human, and you're like you're gonna drive yourself scat if you keep stepping onto a scales. Um, it's it's, I'm gonna try and do more research on why the male perspective isn't that way and the female perspective is that way. It's, I'd say it's from the magazines and stuff like that, from when like the the old Kate Moss days and stuff like that. Uh, but it's even before then like even in if you talk to kind of the older generation they'd hate to be called that but like our our mom's ages they they still have that whole that that yo-yo dieting thing can't be there yeah i find the person that's hardest to diet my mom like she 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 finds it so difficult and, and to be able to diet she just restricts everything I'm like, no, stop. You don't need to restrict everything. Why don't you try this alternative to the chocolate bar you've just eaten? And the sheer amount of... I'm I'm talking like a 100-gram chocolate bar every night. Bear in mind, she's 47 kilos. She's very small. She's only like 4 foot 10. But she still says like, oh, I need to lose this X amount of pounds. I'm like, no, why? Why Why is there a figure that you need? How about, okay, let's... I want to change this bit about my body. Okay, let's start weight training. No, I need to diet. And I'm like, that's fine. You can diet. But it's still predominantly based around the scales, right? Um, The best thing I I did was kind of never step on the scales again for the last very six months. I probably haven't weighed myself really. And I think that's the best thing for my mindset more than anything. And there's so many girls that I, I, I say to... Uh, my clients, they say, oh, Haley, I feel like I've got a bad relationship with the scales. I've been weighing myself five times a day, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, chuck them in the bin. Like, please get rid of them. Please do never, you don't need to step on them. Let's try body measurements if you still want to lose fat, but pictures, um, but please do if you have a bad relationship. Don't use them. Why can something you step on make you feel so crap about yourself? Even if you were feeling good about yourself yeah. prior to that, yeah. like it's, it's insane. And I don't know if it is, it must be a female thing in terms of like I've never seen a guy react to a scales in that way. Normally they're like, yes, no 
90 kilos, boom, on my way to 100. But it's it's fascinating. I think the psychological response that women have is it's crazy. The fact that that can something small, so small can then create such a bad relationship with our bodies. It's mad. And I know I had your good friend Amelia Thompson on uh, to talk about the scales. And she she says, if it affects your mood, stay off it. If someone was annoying you, you'd stay away from them. But you're like, but why would you like stop letting this little or as James Smith calls it, the sad step. Yeah. Stop letting this little step or piece of plastic that isn't going to be 100 percent accurate anyway, because there's going to be so much stuff going on with it. Yeah. Um, stop letting it like dictate your life. Um, we will go on to a different topic. <laughs> that, that guy, that wasn't even in the topic. That wasn't even the topic. And what are we in? We are in probably about half an hour in. Yeah, yeah, a little bit over half an hour. Oops. Um, so, so there's a lot of home workouts being put up on social media. There's a lot of home workouts. Yours are hilarious. The couch ones and every other little utensil you found in your house. Um, how do you feel with the kind of the the whole home workout thing? Are PTs and trainers OTT with them, or do you feel that is there is a benefit? for people to be to kind of be looking at them and to kind of be trying to do themselves yeah so i think because the amount of messages i get can you do home workouts with me um i train at home prior to this was huge now we're kind of going through this stage of okay this is the only opportunity we can have to train um i think it's extremely important to share my knowledge and help others in doing so by posting home workouts like if it if it helps one person out there have a better day in their isolation quarantine that we're going through right now and their mental health then went a little bit higher they got a little bit happier got some endorphins like i am thrilled i don't care if there's people saying out there oh my god there's so many home workouts being posted boring like are you actually serious i've just taken an hour of my day to film this to educate people to make it try and make it light-hearted and enjoyable to help people like that's a good thing for trainers to be able to help people live workouts i think it's amazing movement that these like any in influencers personal trainers pts um anything any people in the fitness industry sharing the fact that they're doing a live workout and you can join in anytime at that you know wherever you are that's an amazing aspect of not only fitness but social interaction and we are socially distancing i mean i haven't really seen anyone (laughs) for like 10 days (laughs) but i think to be able to see people live and interact with them and do the same as them that's amazing like that's incredible and i think the world of social media to be able to do that is such a positive thing um and to be able to share any home workouts i can and what i'm doing to keep myself positive at the moment if i can help other people gain that perspective of okay it's only going to be hopefully for a few more months but we can get through this together by sharing each other's stories and sharing each other's workouts and sharing each other's um guidance then amazing I will more than happily try to help as many people as I can. And the fact that we've got a platform and we are able to use that, I think it's brilliant. Like I love to do as much as I can for other people and especially other people that might be struggling in terms of um, 
people that probably trained too much, we'll say, people that over-exercise and under air and now they've got this situation under their hands that they might be doing too much outdoor running or too much HIIT training and it's almost, let's, okay, use this time to regain ourselves, regain our goal, like why were you training so much prior to this? Why were you almost addicted to exercise? Let's say you're at home now, you can use this time to kind of think about training smarter. Like weight training, if you don't have any weights, what can we use in the house? What can we use as utensils? Um, I'm looking, I've got some books over there that I've never read, we can use those. <laughs> like start to be creative, but also enjoyable, fun, and just use the endorphins as an energy release and a part maintaining basically a bit of happiness in our lives at the moment um, because we are all going through this together and it is it's something that we've never experienced and it's new it's changing every day but if we can keep a routine where we have half an hour 45 minutes in our day to train and focus just on training it helps you forget about what's happening it doesn't mean you're selfish it doesn't mean that you're only focusing on yourself it just means that you're giving yourself time that you deserve and time that you need to be feeling okay and that's okay <laughs> yeah 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 you have to you have to look after yourself like there's like there's no it's it's all well and good looking after everyone else but you have to look after yourself have you got any advice for anyone that is potentially the other extreme of struggling for motivation in what's going on at the minute because there are a few people saying i've woken up to a few messages this morning saying shane i am struggling from randomers i've never met off instagram and they're like i've i'm i used to be four days a week in the gym consistently and now i literally can't do x y and z i don't want to do x y and z but have you got any advice for those people it, it is so difficult because i mean um i used to be someone that was all or nothing so the minute I had one day off, it would lead to two days off. And I was like, I'm never going back to the gym ever again because I was just anxious about it. Um, the best thing I can say is please just try, try one workout, try anything that you feel like is going to be beneficial to you. But just start it, even just putting your gym kit on and sitting around in it. <laughs> put, some, put some trainers on. Put yourself in that position and go, okay, I'm going to try it. It doesn't matter if I fail at it. It doesn't matter if I do two minutes of it and I quit. It's the starting of anything before you kind of realize actually afterwards, you're like, I'm so glad I did it. But it's it's the starting. It's the it's the beginning of the, of the workout that you don't want to do. Like, I'm going to train later. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. But I'm like, nah, I can sack it off to tomorrow. But I know I'll feel a million times better if I do it. I always try to remember that after workout feeling and I will reset my focus. I will, if I train later, I will spend the rest of the evening doing solid work because I'm so focused. I'm like, yeah, boom, 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 done it. If I don't, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to sit in bed on Netflix at 4 p.m. <laughs> like, it's trying to set yourself some routine, um, put some music on. Music is life. Um, have some caffeine if you, if you want some caffeine. I'm drinking these at the moment. They're like literally getting me through life. Um, and 200 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> yeah, 200 milligrams. Um, put some music on. Put something that like gets you motivated. Music is the one for me. Um, and also I have to just kind of um, 
remove all distractions. So unless you're following workout on, on Instagram, you're, you're using your phone for it. If you're not using your phone, like remove the distraction, put Alexa on, put your radio on, um, and just set yourself in a nice area as well that's maybe got some natural daylight. Um, anything that's going to help you Stop. Apologies for the noise in the background. I think my next door neighbor is trying to uh, do the gardening while he can. Um, so the one thing you talked about it was earlier was consistency. Yeah. Whether it was with workouts or kind of staying away from the scales or anything, whatever it is. And one of those things that I think a lot of people are moving towards the other extreme now is what you've what you've done is kind of building muscle um, and kind of a lot of people do or can blame their genetics. I've been there. Um, I think we've all been there. Um, it is a major factor in the results that we can get, but it, like, it shouldn't stop you. That was one of the posts that you put up a little while ago. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, so I guess um, naturally... Um my physique is pretty lean. Um, just as a kid, I was always doing everything, um, probably not eating that much because I was just always active. And when I started bodybuilding, when I started um, building muscle, I saw parts of me that grew the same as what my dad did. So like my lats, my shoulders, um, my glutes, they grow really well, but I lack in quad development and I lack in um, more like posterior chain um than and yeah so <laughs> i'm like ah. <laughs> there you go there's my uh, my my mind mind slowly going because i haven't eaten yet <laughs> um and i kind of realized the fact that that genetics were predisposed from my parents in terms of the muscle building aspect that i have and that's okay because i know that my quads probably won't grow nearly as well as my friend Lauren's because hers are amazing and that's because her fathers and her mothers etc are good but I I carry a certain amount of muscle mass naturally in certain areas and those areas are easier for me to grow when I add stimulus to them um, through weight training doesn't mean that I'm never going to have a quad <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not going to be able to grow my quads it just means for me they take a little bit longer um, and I have to work harder at them to be able to achieve that whereas some people might be the other way around they might have really good quads and no glutes um, which just doesn't normally happen but um, it's almost like don't use your genetics as a, as a card to play like I'm just going to give up I use it to the point where actually I can work harder um, in those areas because, yep, certain areas I may grow really easily, but certain areas I don't, um, and I need to make sure that that actually improves my ability to want to train those areas. So it's almost like um, if you fail at something, like never give up. So you're trying to make sure that you keep going with those areas of difficulty because you will see results. Um, it's difficult with some people because a lot of people, uh, they don't really know until, if, if weight loss is their goal, they don't really know what areas that they struggle with until they've kind of lost a lot of their weight and they want to build muscle in certain areas. Um, and as long as they're training every single area almost consistent, consistently, no area is going to kind of lack. Um, and it's just allowing people to understand that like, especially women they always say 
my upper body leans up quicker than my lower body. And obviously, given that's because the estrogen's lower, lower body fat patterning is higher. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's normal. That's completely normal. That's our, realistically, our genetics and our, our, our hormonal makeup. Um, that's going to affect that. Um, and, it, and I said, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have to stop you. Like, your legs will still shape up um, if you just keep going. And it's just allowing people to understand that, that consistency will be better than obviously not do, uh, 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 hopping or train, training training plan hopping, I think they call it, yeah. program hopping. Yeah. That's the word, program hopping. Um, and they just we just need to be consistent in the areas even that we struggle in and our weakness and turn our weakness into positives as well. Yeah, I think for lads, it's normally like their arms <laughs> or even quads uh, or legs in general for lads. Getting the Dorito, the Dorito effect. <laughs> um yeah for like there are there are little try different stimuluses but make sure to don't, don't program hop and program hop is kind of doing a program for like two weeks three weeks and then kind of completely giving up there's the i cannot like i've had coaches before and when i was when i first started training i was the biggest program hopper in the world but it's funny when you get accountability and the coach almost tells or bites back and says no no we're going until you kind of need like a deload week Uh, it's important to kind of get that accountability if you can if you're lucky enough to afford it now is kind of like potentially one of those times that when there's no holidays going on you're not really going out with your mates you're not really going out for restaurants and cafes we were talking about this all fair it's potentially now is the time to kind of not go on a crash diet because I don't believe in crash dieting crash dieting is not a nice word and now is not the time to go on a crash diet because you'll mess up your immune system and you need your immune system for now, particularly if you are a little bit older and you have other difficulties going on as well. But go into a small calorie deficit and see how you go there and then just get into the routine of moving maybe three times a week, four times a week. And as you said, chase that endorphin hit at the end because like weird, like I've got another podcast later on and I've got a two hour gap now in between. So I was meant to be doing two podcasts back to back, but now I'm going to use that two hours to go for a walk and train and try to get a whole lot of food into myself. So I'm delighted you brought that up. The You are big on the cellulite movement or anti-cellulite movement at the minute. The picture you put up was hilarious. Uh, so anyone who hasn't seen it, please do go over to Haley's Instagram. How did you change your mindset towards cellulite or how would you advise people to change their, their mindset towards cellulite? Do you know what I found um, when I was younger, like obviously with kids going through puberty, that's when it's going to, like females going through puberty, sorry, it's going to start um, increasing in your cellulite in terms of your lower body, um, so mainly around your thighs, glutes, etc. Um, and I didn't really notice it when I was a kid because you just don't really care, do you? You're not focused on your body really. Hopefully you're not focused on your body that much. Um, and it wasn't until someone said something like, oh, you've got cellulite there, you better stop eating, like, all the junk food you eat. And I think I was, like, 16. I was like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? I don't have a clue what you're talk- talking about. I know what cellulite is, but I didn't, have- I didn't know I had it. I was really skinny. But obviously, you still have the lower body fat patterning, as most women do. Um, and I couldn't care less. And then it wasn't until I did the competition, uh, com- uh, bodybuilding competitions, try to minimalize it as much as possible because that was awful if you had cellulite on stage, you're never gonna place. Um, And then that's obviously 
has a negative connotation to it and you think, oh, it's ugly because um, I'm trying to restrict every little bit of lower body fat I can. And then when I came out of that, I obviously put weight on and majority of the weight went on my lower body like normal. Um, and it was accepting the fact that it was a beautiful thing because if I didn't have cellulite, I didn't have a period. If I didn't have a period, I can't have a baby. If I can't have a baby, it doesn't, I lose my femininity for myself. So I felt like actually this cellulite is embracing the fact that my body fat is a good level for me to be able to menstruate and to be able to have then children. So to be able to teach women the fact that your body needs it, and the only time that I had no no cellulite, I probably still had slight some cellulite on a bodybuilding stage when I was sub 10% and extremely unhealthy, that was the only time that I might have got rid of it. So when people are saying, how can I get rid of cellulite? Please don't. Because you're trying to get your body into such a low body fat that it's unhealthy. So I'm saying to you that cellulite is healthy. Well, it doesn't look healthy, does it? But no, it, it, it is healthy. It's part of being a woman. Um, and yeah, we've gone through stages of the media criticizing um, criticizing cellulite. Here's an anti-cellulite cream. Here's some laser surgery you can have to get rid of it. Like all this bollocks in the media because it's deemed ugly. Whereas, who actually deemed it ugly? Just people to sell products. So, it's actually a beautiful thing if you think about it. It gives women our femininity and it gives women the ability to have that body fat so that when we're pregnant, the, the baby can feed off of it if needed. It's actually there for the baby. And breastfeeding it's there for. So, the mother has enough calories to give the milk to the baby. Like, it's an crazy, incredible fat storage ability like it's brilliant um and i mean down the line like psychologically men prefer women with a bit of cellulite because it is the ability to be able to have babies so i mean a lot of men don't realize that but obviously down the line like cavemen we're meant to look like that we're meant to have that and it's meant to be there so the minute you kind of change your mindset change your thought process of oh it's ugly to actually oh i need it to survive and i need it to live life to the best i can it enables you to accept it and realize actually why the hell have we been trying to banish this for the last 20 years when actually bloody need it <laughs> yeah and it's funny that you brought up the media again i think the media the media do dictate a lot of stuff that kind of goes into our heads with the clickbait yeah. on everything it's it's just mental and if you feel that the media are kind of changing your mood or changing your motivations or changing your dynamic with your mental health and stuff like that stop fucking clicking the things <laughs> I, it, it drives me fucking scat I, I deleted the at the Daily Mail app and stuff like that after the the big celebrity passed away and took her own life which we won't talk about but it's I, yeah it's just like if something is impacting your mental health that much like social media can I'm not saying it's all bad but if it is just do like a social media audit and get rid of whoever is annoying you yeah uh, the I, I did that actually I went through a phase of just unfollowing people with low body fat <laughs> that, that, that put me in that bad mindset um, I had to like unfollow bodybuilding people like because it just helped so much and now I follow completely different accounts and 
I look on there and I think majority of this is positive, perfect. And I think that can massively help if anyone is following people that they want to attain to as a goal, but it might make you feel bad about yourself, don't follow them. And I know that's horrible sometimes when these people look amazing, brilliant, but if it's making you feel like crap, don't even go on there. Like, don't follow them. Yeah, and I think what's happening now at the minute is if someone isn't in isolation, I am unfollowing them or muting their feed. So it's gone the other extreme now. If you're not in isolation, you're getting blocked. So it's gone the other way. Um, the last question for you, Haley, is how to watch boredom eating while we are in isolation. How to watch B- boredom eating? B O R D E D O M. Sorry, it's the Irish accent. <laughs> Eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So boredom eating. That it, it's so easy to just head to the kitchen, right? Um, I do that. However, so if you're working from home, try to work in an area that is nowhere near the kitchen. Like my office right now is like at least twenty steps away from the kitchen. I set myself boundaries. So I set myself so I'll have a coffee in the morning, possibly two, dependent. Um, breakfast. Um, I might go for a walk if I'm allowed (laughs) and I will then start my work I will set a timer for a certain amount of time say if I've got um, a certain amount of workload for that morning um, let's say an hour um, and I'll do my work and until that timer goes off I won't try to distract myself so I'll just get on with everything I won't look at my phone because I find that's a distraction Um, any messages on there I will answer after I've finished I'll set myself then period of breaks so then I can go into the kitchen, let's have, say, meal one. Um, I don't try and label them meal one, but for example, meal one, and let's have some breakfast. Um, I try to make sure that then I take that somewhere else and not actually buy the laptop. Um, I always find that if I eat whilst I'm working, that food I've consumed is not really the food that I've kind of enjoyed as such and i find that that's just another distraction i'm gonna i'm gonna continue eating if i eat at the laptop um so i make sure i set myself away let's my it's lovely and sunny i'll eat outside perfect let's go back into the zone of work set another timer um water drinks tea coffee anything keep yourself hydrated is a massive key people always reach for food convenience food um junk food when they're like extremely dehydrated we don't realize how much water we need um i always find that if i am hungry for a little bit of a snack i'll aim for fruit and i've always been like that anyway because luckily i like fruit um keeping yourself with a, a good high protein diet just for satiety reasons is amazing it's perfect like keeps you so much fuller veggies um obviously at main meals can really help but it's almost not putting restriction on the food like yeah a lot of people probably have a lot more food in their cupboards right now um and it's i find if there's a certain food that you're you think that you're craving or you are gonna binge on put it out of sight like don't have that food out put it at the back of the cupboard like i used to struggle with this when i competed and there was a certain food that i needed and i and I craved like cherry bakewells. And if they, I saw a cherry bakewell, I would literally just stuff the whole thing in my face. 
And I, if I saw any now, like I would put it back to the, to the back of the cupboard because you forget about it. You don't know it's there. You forget, and then you're like, oh, there's one there. I might have one later. But it's allowing yourself the time that this is going to be quite difficult. It might be quite hard to stick to a calorie deficit for for some people. Um, if they're home all day and they feel like they're going to snack all day, just try to implement. Things like setting yourself set breaks, setting yourself set times that you're not going to eat for. Because when we're at work, or for example, when I was a teacher, I wouldn't be allowed to eat, you know, during lessons. So it's those time periods that people forget, and now they're at home and thinking, I can eat whenever I want to eat. Woohoo! <laughs> no, set yourself some some time where you know, no, I'm not going to focus on food. I'm going to focus on A, B, or C, and D. Like it's difficult. I totally get it. Um, I'm not the best in terms of like the best knowledge in, of being able to say, oh, I just don't eat it. Like it's it's easier said than done, right? Um, but all I can kind of advise is allow yourself the food that you want, but just everything in moderation. Try to keep yourself hydrated. Try to snack on fruit. Try to keep yourself busy because a lot of the time it is boredom, like you say. If you can, I look forward to Netflix and my tub of ice cream every night because I do have a tub of ice cream every night. Um, it's where it's the low calorie one, but it's my enjoyment and it's something that I look forward to, and I am going to look forward to that tonight. So I know that I've got those few calories later on in the evening, and that's my treat. Um, and I'll have that because I enjoy it. So if there's something that you are looking forward to having, like it's good to look forward to a meal. Like we can't go out anymore, right? We can't go out to restaurants. We can't go out to, to dinner, to pubs. Have something that you're going to cook maybe later that you're going to look forward to. So maybe create a recipe or have a look online for some recipes that you're going to have and you're going to enjoy and allow yourself to be creative in the kitchen possibly start some baking um it's just almost this time is very uncertain for all of us and it is hard to say don't order meat because it's so easy to do it but just try your hardest to learn some new techniques learn some new um find a new hobby maybe start i don't know um what can we learn? Calisthenics? I'm awful at that. Let's learn. Let's learn how to do handstands, headstands, a flag pole. Let's uh, find a new something that you're focused on. Maybe podcasts, um, music. Just try and keep yourself as busy as possible during this time. Yeah, I think for us, it it can be seen as a little bit easier because we are so used to working from home. And I think a lot of people are kind of honing in on that. Like my clients are biting back saying, Shane, you work from home for a living. This is easy for you. I'm like, no, no, I had to learn this. I'm not too long doing online coaching. I was a face-to-face PT until December. Uh, so I have only adapted. Um, but it is, I was talking to Emma Story Gordon, another one of your friends. She was on ESG Fitness about the whole system. So recognize, is it hunger? Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And wait 15, 20 minutes or get a half a pint of water and see if you actually are hungry. The other thing to include would be Ireland and England are, and the UK should I say, are nations where they like to drink tea. So generally when there's tea, there's biscuits. So what I would say then, <laughs> yeah, if uh, you are one, a person that likes to have biscuits, include it and put in one or two, but one or two doesn't mean half a packet, doesn't mean a packet. Include the foods you enjoy. Like Haley said, the ice cream in the evening is the food she enjoy. Mine is a Magnum, so I would have one of those a day. 
and then I would make sure that that's that's my kind of like not I, I don't like the word treat, but it's one of those things that I like to enjoy uh, yeah. and to eat. Um, so I'm I'm delighted we kind of spoke about that. So Haley, last question is what is coming up next for you? Well, none of us really know, but. Dear, it's just the hardest question <laughs> because, like, I actually really struggle with that question anyway because my life is always a bit woo. Um, so hopefully, it's growing my program with T Twenty Eight. Um, it's growing my online coaching. It's growing the ability to help everyone that I can reach. Um, to keep going in terms of influencing other women to be able to be healthy. Um, to almost like create a movement where women aren't uh, aren't looking at the magazines with women on uh, with abs on the front of magazines and thinking I need to be like that. It's not. It's it's changing our mindset and thinking I need to be healthy before we think about aesthetics. Healthy first. Health first, especially now. Um, and eventually, hopefully, in a few months, we'll be um, doing some travelling. So hopefully, I can. I I mean, I love. I think last year I went to, I went on 32 different flights. Like, sorry to add to the emissions, but <laughs> I, I, I flew every 10 days. Like, I usually fly quite a lot. So this, for me, is quite unique, staying at home for, like, you know, two weeks. I usually go to loads of different countries. Like, I love exploring. I love um, kind of learning new cultures and stuff. Um, but for the foreseeable future, I don't know when I'll be next on a flight, but... That is something that will be happening as soon as possible. Um, and just being grateful for everything, uh, being grateful uh, if whatever, everything that we've gone through, even just in the last two weeks, has taught me anything. Um, being grateful for the smallest little thing. Uh, being grateful for a hug of a friend. Being grateful to be able to travel into London and see people for events. Like I was doing probably events twice a week in London. Um, luckily, only an hour and a half from London. Um, and I loved those days. It was a day out. It was a day where I could focus on different things, different aspects. And now they're not happening. Like it's okay, but I will look forward to those. Um, and don't take anything for granted. Don't take the ability to walk down the street for granted. The ability to sit down and look at the beach, look, sit on the beach, look at the stars, anything. I mean, it's crazy what um, what people are going through. Our key workers, especially, what they're having to do and what they're doing for us and for our for our population. And and I think that they are not given enough credit at the moment. So even like charity wise would be amazing to start up something that would help our key workers at the moment um and just to make sure that everyone um that i'm first and foremost just happiness um and eventually hopefully traveling <laughs> yeah i think and i the the traveling is is the big one like i was meant to go away in four weeks to thailand oh, uh, i hadn't booked anything thank god yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm lucky in that regard but I think we do have to kind of take a step back and realise that there are people putting their lives on the line for a lot of us but there are a lot of people taking that up for advantage and lining up for fish and chips and ice cream and all this kind of stuff and not really paying any heed to what's going on and not listening to the doctors and not listening to the advice that's been given up on social media when they are consuming it they're just being a little bit more selfish so guys please do stay inside uh, from someone who has a mate who is a doctor who is currently in isolation because he came in contact with someone 
from hearing the stories yesterday or Saturday night, please do stay inside. There's no point. We're all in this together. It's not like it's one country. Every single country in this world is going to be on lockdown fairly shortly. Um, so Hayley, thank you so much for coming on today. You've been an absolute pleasure. I know we were we went off script completely, but uh, it was very like it, it was very very insightful stuff, and I think. For someone that predominantly coaches females, I I know that some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that you said will definitely resonate with a lot of them, particularly kind of getting over scales, fear, um, and how to actually listen to your body, uh, and making sure that kind of I, I was writing down notes as we were talking about being healthy before aesthetics is the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be the title of the episode. So uh, I'm gonna put all of Haley's details up at the up on the info. So if you guys want to work with Haley or pop her a message or pop her a DM, please please do. She is awesome. She comes back to you as well. So it's uh so it's awesome. Thank you so much for Haley for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.